Hey, welcome back to the podcast. So in today's podcast episode, it will be structured different as a result of me receiving so many questions throughout the week about building a profitable framework for mental health businesses via Instagram, email, and in our dope therapist community. From time to time, I decide to go Instagram live at Dr. TK Psych. And so I just wanted to give you a heads up that the sound and the interaction will sound different. You will hear me at one point answer people's questions in the chat box, but I'll make sure to read those questions so that you can hear them as well because it may be the same question question that you have. And so if you have a question of your own and you would like that to be answered or considered to be provided on an Instagram live, then feel free to reach out to my team at hello at drtk.com. But let's go right into the Instagram live. Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. All right, so welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. I am hosting live on Instagram also while recording this podcast. And my name is Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one therapist, business and branding coach. And so I literally decided this morning that I wanted to do a extra day of a Instagram live pop-up session to talk really about the mindset hacks to get rid of your nine to five mentality. And so um, what I've done for those podcast listeners is I've chatted with people on Instagram a couple of minutes before hopping on live. And one of the things that I asked them, which I would encourage you to do too on the podcast is to rate your level of excitement as it relates to maybe you having a job, maybe you being an entrepreneur and a business owner. And so I also inquired, are they a business owner or are they an employee? And the reason for that question is because I have found while talking to my students or people who have just chatted with me, whether it be on Instagram live and live events, you know, when we used to have those, I have found that People who even have their own business still have a nine to five mindset and they don't understand that that is impacting why they are stuck. And so, you know, a lot of us, especially in the psychology field, we didn't learn how to be business owners unless that's how you grew up. We didn't learn the understanding of like a profit and loss statement. We didn't understand how to invest in ourselves, whether it's reading, taking online courses, getting a coach to help us go to the next level in our business and our mindset. And one of the things that I've noticed a lot with friends of mine, with students of mine, is that they have been exposed to various coaching tools or programs, but it's mainly been focused on the strategy. And the biggest piece that's missing that is 80% as it relates to like business ownership success is your mindset, okay? So what I want to do is talk about today the hacks to get rid of your nine to five mindset and this is part one. And so I'm gonna really cover three parts, three parts of understanding how you adopted the nine to five mentality because some of you are trying to shake it. Some of you are really trying to understand why is it that you left your job and you low-key wanna go back because you haven't been able to either reach the level of success that you envision, or you don't have any structure. I know some people that literally go back to their jobs just to get the structure back in their life, which you know your limitations and you should also have a dream to let go of that old life, those old patterns, and then move into the next level. And so I want you to today to really get an understanding of where you come from. And I'm not just talking about your city state and who you grew up with, but really how did that impact the psychology of your mind as it relates 
to business ownership. Okay. And so we're going to talk about family work ethics. Um, just to give you a little bit of background about myself. I grew up in a single parent household. I grew up with my mom. However, I also grew up around three other main people that helped shape my mindset for the great and for the not good. Okay. And so first I'll say my mom, my mom has always had two jobs minimum minimum. Okay. She still has two jobs right now. Is she close to retirement? Yes. However, that's a whole nother story as to why she still works. Okay. So that's my mom and growing up with her, I never wanted for anything. I never knew that we lived in an impoverished neighborhood because that's all that I knew. I grew up in Compton, California, and I felt you know, I'm not going to say, well, now that I look back, I probably was not safe considering what was happening in my environment, but I still felt safe considering we knew everybody we grew up with. There was only one neighborhood that I did not feel safe in. And that was our first apartment in Long Beach um, because our house was being broken into and it got broken into like two to three times to the point where my grandfather said, because my mom is his only girl, it's three boys and my mom and my mom is the second out of four, like as far as, um, you know, eldest or whatever. So my grandfather said, uh, he needs his daughter and his granddaughter to be in a safe environment. So at that point we had been in different apartments. We have moved into an apartment in Compton, but then that wasn't that great. And then he decided like, I'm just going to buy y'all a house. And so that's what he did is bought us a house. And so speaking of purchasing a home, my grandfather had excellent work ethic as well. My grandfather worked for Universal Studios. He was the person that put together these sets on movies and on TV shows. And so I didn't understand how big of a deal this was because I just knew that he liked to put things together in the backyard. He would help me like put together all of my science projects. If I had to create like a frog um, diagram for school, this dude put me together like a four foot frog and he was like, draw it out for me and I'm gonna do something for you. And then I went to the backyard and it's this four foot frog and I'm like, Dang, so I'm showing up to Compton High and they like, damn, like we only expected a frog to be like the size of your hand and you come with fat plus Play-Doh and I had to label the parts, but I really like biology. I really like cutting up stuff. At one point I wanted to be a surgeon, but nevertheless, that was the work ethic that I grew up around. And just to um, help you understand even like my conceptualization of what he was doing and who he was connected with is that um, he would come home and he would excuse my language, bitch and complain about like some of the celebrities that he was around because he said that they didn't appreciate even what they were doing as work. And I'm like, who are you talking about? So at one point when I was in high school, he was talking about Martin Lawrence. He was like, I can't stand him. And I was like, but I like him on TV. He said, yeah, I put together that little set you watching on his show. Oh, he said, but he's an asshole. And I'm like, huh, okay. Well, you know, I guess you see him in a different light. I guess you see him actually on set, right? He put together, if you remember, The People Under the Stairs, that was that movie like a long time ago in like the 80s, I think he put together that movie. And then he put together a lot of other sets. And so nevertheless, he was paid very well. Again, me not understanding the value of his job. I was just like, I guess you just like to build stuff. Then my grandmother, my grandfather's deceased. Uh, my grandmother also had good work ethics. She retired just like my grandfather retired from Universal Studios. My grandmother retired from United Airline. And so my grandmother, just like my grandfather, my grandfather was one of 21, y'all. And so the crazy part is I think that he adopted his work ethic 
from maybe things I don't know, but also he was the eldest of 21. His father had four families. I found that out in adulthood and I was like, damn, he was a rolling stone, right? So he was the eldest and I just think being the eldest of like multiple people, like even with his mother, I believe there were nine, that comes with a lot of responsibility, right? And so then my grandmother is like the oldest daughter, but the second eldest of 12, from her mom and dad. And they were both born and raised in Arkansas, uh, Arkansas, like Pine Bluff or whatever. And we got family like in Little Rock and stuff. So my grandmother always liked to build, or my grandfather would build the furniture and then she would like shine it up, paint it. Right. And so I just thought that that was what she liked to do. But she retired from United Airlines. She worked there for 12 plus years. She was the one that exposed me to first class travel. My grandfather and my grandmother liked to take road trips in his van with gold rolling spokes. And so they basically exposed me while my mom was working. And I'm very grateful for that. So that explains for some of you who kind of tap into like, dang, she got a lot of energy. She's super focused. She's super structured. It's also based off of the values and norms that I was exposed to as a child. I mean, we literally woke up and we could not sit at the breakfast table, not a tray, not in front of a TV. We could not sit at the breakfast table until we were fully dressed, washed face, teeth brushed. We couldn't just walk in there in our pajamas or we would get a whooping to say the least. At first we yelled and then whooped if we decided to stay there. Okay. So I grew up in a very strict home and that got the best of me as an adult because sometimes I've had to recognize that the structure that I have I put those expectations on other people and that's not what other people have. That can hurt you in a relationship. That's hurt me in my marriage because we didn't grow up the same. So that's giving you the context of what and who I grew up around and why I am the way that I am. And then the fourth person outside of my mother, grandmother, and grandfather is my uncle Mike. He is the youngest out of the four. I grew up around him more like he is, was my brother, not my uncle. I just start calling him uncle Mike. Um, he lives around the corner from me, or I guess I live around the corner from him in the Inland Empire. And he was the uncle that I really looked to in terms of educational success. He was the only one that went to college and finished, got his master's degree, um, has a very good life, you know, and I've taken a lot of things from him and him and his wife, my auntie Mo really helped me understand the value of education, the value of getting someone else to look at your work. I went to school in Compton. Therefore, my writing skills weren't as good as I had thought in comparison to my Compton high school counterparts in comparison to when I went to high school, let alone graduate school. And so they literally would take my essays, tear them apart until I start going to college to go to the writing center. And again, I'm very grateful for me learning these tools and also looking at how I grew up and not being mad at the situation, but understanding that all of those things, for those of you who are listening and watching me on Instagram, all of those things and those people that you were exposed to, including trauma that's on other podcast episodes I won't get into, shaped who I am today, okay? So I knew internally that based off of those people and circumstances that I grew up with, that I was destined for greatness and that I was destined to be a business owner, but I didn't understand the context of a business owner just because no one in my family was one, right? So my grandmother had a candy store. I would literally show up to Longfellow Elementary School in Compton and I would be selling beef jerky in like the box of, um, she would go to Smart and Vinyl and buy a box and I would sell the bag of popcorn for like 50 cents when if you break it down, it was probably 10 cents in a box. Right. Like I was literally coming back home because one day she gave it to me to give to my friends. And I said, give. I said, I'm about to sell these because somebody said, oh, you eating beef jerky? You know, and I was like, yes. And they were like, oh, man, you got another one. I'll buy it off of you. And I'm like, buy it off of me. Oh, this what we doing. So 
I said, well, how much money you got? You know, and they were like, a quarter. I'm like, cool, right? So that's how I started selling Be Jerky. And she didn't realize that I was making money until I started pulling out all of these coins and dollars out of my backpack. And she was like, where you get all that money from? My grandma, because I would go to their house and then my mom would pick me up later, right? And take me to cheerleading or basketball practice. So I told her, I've been selling the stuff that you've been giving me. She was like, what? I said, well, you got a candy store? So I got a candy store. It's just in my backpack. And she just started laughing. So she was like, well, what else do you want to sell? <laughs> so that was my first opening to entrepreneurship, right? And then I also became just the leader in different areas. So what I'm also sharing with you is as an adult looking back, I realized that I was being prepared by my God, I'm a spiritual person. I was actually being prepared to be the business owner that I am. And so some people look at the outcome and they're like, oh, like, you know, it's because she got a doctorate degree. Uh, no, all of my success has nothing to do with me being a doctorate degree outside of being a therapist. Let's be real. Everything that I share with you to this point has been poured into me either as a resilient person being exposed to trauma and really saying like, I don't want that life. I don't want to be like them people on my block. I refuse. I'm going to go extra hard in academics so that I can get off this block. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not going to be like them, right? And then also work ethic, right? And so as I grew up, I was in things like the choir. I was in the choir since I was four. And so I became like the treasurer of the choir. That exposed me to like understanding money. But again, not understanding it being 10, you know? But I was in charge of counting the money with our dues and stuff like that. And then just moving up from high school to uh, even graduate school, I was in the position to run for president. I ended up being like the cheerleading head coach. I was the basketball uh, head, like not head coach, um, the basketball like uh, team captain, the cheerleading captain. I was um, the senior school president. And then I, in graduate school, not college, because I skipped over that. I was just like living life at that point partying. And then when I got to my doctorate degree, I actually started surrounding myself mindset around people that were further ahead of me. And I think part of the reason why I connected with them so well when I was in my doctoral program, because technically we were on the same page, is just that they went directly into a doctoral program from college and I went into a master's. So when they met me or when I connected with them because I was a little advanced in curriculum when I enrolled in my doctoral program because I was able like to wave a lot of classes or whatever. I started, you know, being around people who were applying for internship when I was in my first year. So again, preparation. And so sometimes you want to sit back and look at how have you been prepared for the good or for the not great to be in the position that you're in right now? Okay. So overall with my history, I was an innovator and you know, what I would ask you to do is look at where do you want to be? Who do you want to be in five years? And sometimes that last question is very hard for people or you make it hard because you're solely focused on, I'm real to myself. I ain't about to be fake. I ain't about to like, okay, I didn't ask that. I specifically said, who do you want to become? Like I will become a multimillionaire. But at one point, I just wanted to become the person who didn't depend on a nine to five job. At one point, I just wanted to be a person who can graduate with a college degree and said that I did it considering where I grew up from. I just wanted to be the person that was able to obtain a doctorate degree and then realizing later, oh shoot, I'm the first one in my immediate family to do that. But there will be more to come because I'm going to set the tone for other kids in my family, right? So that's the mentality and the mindset that I've always had as a child. So now I'm going to break it down into 
to, that was like the understanding of basically tip one, understanding where you come from. So I really hope that I tapped into your history with not just focusing on what went wrong, because we could do a whole 5,000 podcasts on that. But I really wanted to share with you the nuggets that I got by reflecting on my history and recognizing, even though they may, may or may not have done it intentionally, I had learned of a high level, great work ethic that it definitely helped me as a business owner. So that was understanding where you come from, like who you come from. Now, the second point is understanding that you have an unconscious learning pattern, meaning you are learning these things and not even recognizing it. And so some of the things now that you know my family background is that I grew up in a a household pretty much around baby boomers outside of maybe my last two uncles with when they were born. And so for those of you who don't understand baby boomers, we are living in a baby boomer society right now, which means that a lot of them are retired or still retiring. Like my mother is a baby boomer. And what comes along with that baby boomer mentality is the, you need to live the American dream. And so the American dream, if you really think about it, what was ingrained in your brain? Okay. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Like when they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always said a doctor. I didn't know what kind of doctor. And then at one point I said, I just want to work with kids. I want to be a pediatrician. That was what I wanted to be until I got in college and I just started exploring other things. And I'm still a doctor. I still worked with kids, but it just wasn't the doctor that I originally envisioned. And that's fine because God had a different plan for me. And I'm very happy that I paid attention. And so when I was in school, they sold you the American dream. So what do they tell you to go to school, get good grades, you'll graduate, go to college, then you'll get a good job, then you'll retire, then you'll live a great life. I really want you to pay attention to the order that you were taught and probably unconsciously what you're teaching your children. You were teaching your children how to solely focus on grades or numbers because numbers are grades depending on how they are. And some of us, because I've done it, you shoot down your child's big dream either because you mad that you couldn't achieve it or you want your child to work as hard as you did. Right. And so you want your kids to like work on a slave ship in your community to earn minimum wage. No, these kids can literally hop on YouTube if they have a vision and make a million dollars. So what we started doing with my eldest son is that we recognized that we were unconsciously shooting down his vision because we were specifically pivoting his conversation to school. Because that's where he was doing well in some areas and struggling in some areas. And then as I started doing more personal development, I started recognizing the pattern that I even wanted to teach my youngest son when he was born. So I said, whoa, you know, let's figure out what we've been doing with the eldest unconsciously. And then we started to correct it. So literally, uh, what was it? Around Halloween, he had been telling us for years he wanted to do YouTube. He wanted to do YouTube. He knows cameras and all this stuff, right? So... I have a video editor and I have a team that helps me do things. And so my video editor has not received it yet because I need my eldest son to do more videos. So what we did is I pulled out my actual Canon N50 camera. I put it on a tripod and we were cutting out the Halloween pumpkin. And I said, you know, okay, now that you got these other gifts. No, actually it was in January. Uh, We were doing something for New Year's. So I said, we're going to do a video. You said you want to do YouTube. Let's do a YouTube video. And so he was like, oh, okay, we're going to record it on your phone. And I said, no, 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 I'm gonna get the other camera. So I put it on a tripod and all of a sudden he was like a deer in headlights. He can do everything behind closed doors. But when we put a camera in his face, all of a sudden he becomes another person. And so what I think that that showed him was that in order to get to the level, even on YouTube that you would like, you still need to show up. You need to be consistent and you need to be able to work hard to get the results that you want. So it's just a different way of communicating with that child. Not to say that, oh, you're not good enough to do video, but instead, in order to do video, instead of you looking at, oh, TK, you put a video together on YouTube real quick. It wasn't real quick. 
I had an outline just like I do my podcast, right? So I came from a baby boomer family. You may as well. They told me to stay at a job because it has benefits. These are the things that were conditioned in my brain as to why it took me so long to scale in my business. I want you to hear that because some of you are looking at your income, just your gross pay and saying, I'm making it. I'm making more than my mom. I'm making more than my grandparents. And that's great. That's a first step, but I'm sure that's not where you want to stop. And so sometimes we are in our own way because of these patterns that we've been exposed to. And so you've been conditioned potentially like myself as a child to believe that you have to do certain things in order and that there's no such thing as what's called a quantum leap. Um, they only taught you what they knew. That's another thing that unconsciously you you ain't recognize or you did, but you ain't did nothing about it, right? They can only teach you to the degree of what they know. So some of you like myself make the mistake of going to your parents or your caregivers and crying out your heart about like how people ain't buying stuff from you. And they like, man, you just better go work at that job. And then you feel crappy. You feel like they not support me. How can they even understand or fathom what you're talking about if they don't even know what personal development is, okay? So you have to be mindful to what you share with people who have not been exposed or who do not have the same level of goals that you want. And then again, all they do is focus on good grades. So like, let me recap so far. We talked about understanding where you come from and I've shared with you the four people in my life that have exposed me to and conditioned me to the way that I am now or, or the way that I was because I am moving past that, right? Then the second tip was understanding your unconscious learning patterns based off of the baby boomer effect and living through the American dream and just getting a job, going to college and living a good life and like retiring and then living a good life later. Like who wants that order? I want to live a good life now, right? So then the last tip, and then I'm gonna give you a fast action assignment is you stop dreaming. So what I used to do as a child is every Saturday, my mom would be kind of like, I guess, trying to sleep in and I will wake up and watch cartoons or watch like Pee Wee Herman that share my age in the 80s. Right. So I like to draw and it shouldn't surprise you if you see my Instagram feed. Like I like graphics. I like colors. And I used to wake up every Saturday morning and draw a big house. And it wasn't until I got into my first mindset coaching program that I realized that the house that I would draw over and over and over again was the first home that I purchased. Look at that. Like, because we were looking at scripting and pretty much looking at how we got detached from our dream as a child, or at least that's what I was doing. And so I started to recognize like, oh my gosh, I literally have manifested a lot of the things that I wanted as a child because I put it out there in the universe. And just because I didn't talk about it or draw the picture every day or have it like as a mural on my vision board doesn't mean that the universe or God doesn't want to give it to me because I've already declared that it's mine. And so I will wake up every Saturday and draw a big house. I also wanted to become a doctor and I wanted to help kids. And I didn't view anything as being scary. I didn't view anything as a child that I couldn't accomplish. And I really want you as a parent or a caregiver or as a big brother, sister, look at kids around you because sometimes we get upset when kids like to take a risk. And yeah, as a parent, it's scary, but at the end of the day, it's not something that you actually want to remove from their psyche, from their ego, because that's going to determine how open and flexible and spontaneous or scary that they are with taking leaps of faith as an adult. So if you have found yourself not taking leaps of faith as you know you should to go to that next level in your 
family, in your relationships, in your bank account, your money, in your business, it's probably because of the unconscious things that you've been exposed to as a child that you weren't aware of. And so I didn't view anything as scary. I knew where I grew up. You know, I knew my blocks, um, but I was okay with it because at the time it is all that I knew. And then it wasn't until I got older and I was traveling because I was younger traveling, but it was just going to visit family and stuff. So it wasn't until I was older and I was traveling that I recognized like, oh, I like it out here. Oh, I like they houses out here. Oh, I like this money out here. And then I started to get exposed to, oh, there's more than just the radius of my city, you know, and that is my purpose. That was my real purpose of really serving difficult teens because the difficult teens that I was serving, even adults that were difficult teens, they never left the four corners of their block. So when I was working with kids who would come out of jail, it was very interesting because I would be like, we about to go to lunch today. Where can you go and where can't you go? Because they are from gangs. I want to be safe. But some of them on purpose, I would take them to go eat with me at Fatburger, something small, Wingstop or whatever. I would buy them lunch. Yes. You know, the county did not reimburse for that. But my purpose was so intentional to get them to see what's beyond the four blocks of their hood. You know what I'm saying? Because I saw how of a benefit it was to me as a child, okay? So I knew that growing up where I grew up, I did not wanna live there forever. It didn't mean that I wanted to totally get out, but I did not wanna have the mindset of the people that I grew up around in terms of having a very narrow mindset to believe that the only way to be successful and to retire and live life good is to have a nine to five job, okay? So it wasn't until I was 36 years old that I realized these patterns. I'm 40, hear that. It wasn't until I was 36 exposing myself to personal development in person, going to live events beyond psychology to really tap into who is it, Takesha, that's my real name, that you really want to become. What happened to the girl who used to wake up on Saturday mornings at six o'clock and watch Disney shows and Pee Wee Herman and then draw a house? Where is she? Where's the girl who would envision going back to her neighborhood and giving back at an unlimited supply of information, tangible goods, scholarships? Where's that girl that was dreaming about that in high school? Because yes, that was my dream when I was in high school. Every negative experience that I had, I literally said, the work that I at least do in the mental health field, people will not have that mindset. So every cluster of people that I worked with, yes, I had worked through my baggage before 36 in terms of mental health wise, so that I can be positioned to help people that were also stuck in the areas that I was stuck in as I was a child, okay? So when I was 36 years old, to speed things up, I realized these patterns. I realized that a lot of the things that I had as a dream were suppressed by the American dream mindset, right? And I believe that when you are moving too fast, you don't recognize that these are your patterns. So guess what happened in 2020 on March 13th? That was the day that it looked like a movie and all of a sudden things slowed down for you. Like, oh, this is what's happening in the world right now. And then on March 15th, at least in California, that's when the lights went out. That's when the groceries went out all the way. Water, no supply, no Pampers, no wipes for Avery. Pissed off, right? That's when a lot of you who were going really fast all of a sudden, the world made you stop. I really want you to hear this because you were moving. I'm getting the chills right now. You were moving so fast. 
You were focused on just chasing money, going to work, collecting the hours, seeing clients if you're a therapist, building your private practice. Let me just get to that 10K mark and I made it. No, you didn't. Because what happened is you realized that you were burning yourself the hell out. And as a therapist, what happened around March 31st? Oh, all of a sudden, your caseload done double, tripled, and quadrupled. And you still probably thought in the moment running a damn sprint. You made it. You don't even have to market for new clients. But let me help you understand something. When things go up, things always have to go down. And what I'm talking about is your energy level. So as we were running sprints all the way up until March 13th, 2020, we didn't even recognize these mindset patterns. We didn't even recognize how much help we really need in our business, which is why I have the Dope Therapist Academy, which is why instead of me offering one cohort, which was my goal, my cohort was supposed to be offered once a year in July. And when COVID hit, I said, oh, hell no. I'm not about to have therapists sitting here trying to figure out if they nine to five is going to let them come to work online and see kids in a way that they don't even feel no more. They're not even happy. They still got a job, but they're not happy. And what happened with a lot of therapists and other people around the globe is that you had no choice but to slow down. And so when you slow down, that's when you got depressed. That's when you realize you had trauma. That's when some of y'all or hell, all of y'all realize that you hate your nine to five. You dislike the person who lives in your household. You don't even like the way you've been raising your damn kids. You don't even like the fact that you ain't been there for your kids because you just been ripping and running, passing them along to sports and shit. You know what I'm saying? Not realizing that it's all about the quality time. So what 2020 made you do is stop. It made you pause and really take a look at who I've become. And you didn't like the person you saw in the mirror, which is why I truly believe that so many people were depressed, that so many people are depressed right now and why mental health went at a all-time high with referrals because all of a sudden you have to slow down and realize you ain't fucking happy with the life that you created but what you don't slow down and also recognize is that it's not just the life you created it's the life that you grew up in and I'm not saying go to your caregivers and say you fuck me up excuse my language explicit language on the podcast editor side right but at the end of the day you have to recognize that at 18 years of age, when the law says that you're legal, I don't give a damn if you were in college or in high school at that time, the law says you're legal. So at that time, you have to take ownership and accountability for your next chapter. This is why I'm so passionate about what I do, because therapists will blame the graduate program. Why didn't the graduate program teach us this? That ain't their motherfucking job. Their job is to be APA accredited or WASC accredited to get you in a room to do therapy. And I'm speaking to you from a professor, from teaching students, from undergraduate to a doctorate degree, being the dissertation chair for 17 years. That is not their job. Their job in an academic institution is to get you graduated to get a job. So if you don't like the outcome, why did you go to graduate school? If you don't like the outcome, find someone that can help you boost your success in your business. It's called investment. Therapists come to me all the time and say, why should I have to pay for this? They don't say it, but I see it and I feel it because I was that person. And I'm going to tell you the same way that I have told them in a more loving way, unless it was a webinar and I went in like this, is that if you see that you're lacking something like a degree to do what you love to do, which is therapy, what did you do? You invested $20,000 plus in your undergraduate degree. I don't care if you got scholarships. You invested time. You invested maybe going to a historical black college away from your family. You invested something. 
So you invested four years, maybe some of y'all six, two and four, community college and then a four-year degree or five-year degree, right? Then you went to a master's degree. Then you may have went to a doctorate degree or you went straight. You've invested 20 plus years and probably over $100,000 to get a degree to put you in a box. And then you're going to have a nerve to say that I shouldn't charge for teaching you something that's not taught in graduate school. It's called another level of an investment. If you foresee the version of yourself that was not taught to you in grad school, guess what you need to do? Hell, you go to therapy to fix the version of you that you don't like. So why is it that you're not investing in your business? It makes no sense. I am your graduate degree is just in a different area. It's in your business. Understand investment needs to happen for you to go to the next level. Now the investment can be time. The investment can be going on YouTube. The investment can be spending time Googling. Now the way that I position myself as I say, would you rather spend another fucking four years like you did in grad school, learning stuff slow to then get 3000 hours to then be undervalued, underpaid, to then, boom, I got my first 10K month after 10 fucking years. Or would you rather learn the tips and the hacks to have a profitable private practice, even if you think you got one already because you probably don't because you have no system. If your practice is running solely based off of you, sitting in front of a computer or in front of a phone doing all the work, you don't have a profitable practice. I am sorry, write that down, okay? Yes, I said it today, okay? so. It's called automation. It's called having a vision blueprint for my DTA students. It's called understand your client avatar so that you can work with the people you love. Reach to my DTA students. It's called automation so you can get your time back by understanding the systems that you've paid for in your private practice. You ain't even using them. Automation for my DTA students. It's called niche, what we're gonna talk about tomorrow. Understand your level of expertise because I'd be damned if somebody comes into my program and tell me all I am is a therapist. That's bull. How many hours did you get without getting paid? How much time did you send in graduate school? How much student debt do you have? That is your value. But yes, you do have to invest to get the things that you don't know. And if you did not go to school to run a business or you did not have parents that sat you down and helped you understand their business, guess what? You don't know what the hell you're doing. Sorry, I'm a straight shooter. I'm not going to be a, a fluff coach. Sorry, if you want fluff shit, Go to a therapist or something. That is not me. And coaching is not therapy. I am your cheerleader, but I'm gonna keep a 100% raw with you. And D for my DTA students is delegation. That is what I teach in the academy for those of you who did not know that. B-R-A-N-D, delegate, get it off your plate so you can live life and take a real vacation, okay? So as we wrap up, Okay, like I said, I was 36 years old. I realized these patterns at that point, I realized they were suppressed, okay? I was on autopilot is what I really recognized when I slowed down. I was on autopilot. So like I mentioned in 2020, the season made a lot of us pause. And a lot of you realized potentially that you were not happy. You were not happy in relationships. You were not happy with your job. You weren't even happy with your business. You weren't happy with the clients in your practice. You weren't happy with your pay. You weren't happy with your life. Okay, so what I'm asking you to do is if you know what you're lacking at this point, especially after today's workshop, then wouldn't it be a behooves of you to go find the teacher that can go teach you what you're lacking? That's what you did when you went to school. You realized you were lacking a degree to do what you wanted to do in the field. So what did you do? You went and applied to graduate programs, right? Okay, so if you're not good at a sport, you go find a coach. But why is it that sports have to be any different than a business coach, right? So this is how I want you to take fast action. 
Um, you may want to write these down. And again, you can go and listen to the podcast. This will be uploaded next week by the time that the podcast listeners are hearing it. So it will be uploaded the week of the boot camp, which is March 22nd. So a few questions that I have for you to reflect on if you are a journaler, right, is what did you want to be as a child for a career? That's the first question. I'm going to say these in order because I really want you to journal these in order. What did you want to be as a child growing up? Okay. The next prompt is what kind of house and car did you want? What material goods did you want? Where, where, where are you living? Really bark into that envision life. Okay. What did it look like as a child? The next one is how did you envision your family and relationships? Did you envision yourself um, having a marriage, having kids, traveling, hanging out with your best friends? What did they look like? Okay. Now I want you to take a look at your current reality. So how different is your reality from the dream that you had as a child? And granted, like your friends probably were the friends that you had at the time, but how did your childhood dream, how does that match or not match your current reality in terms of the context of it? Are you married? Do you have good friendships? Are you able to travel? Or do you have a home? Like home ownership, <laughs> right? When did you stop dreaming? So I really want you to pause and take a moment when you're journaling and ask yourself, wow, I really tapped all the way far from my vision. So my question to you is, when did you stop dreaming? You need to pinpoint that. I realized I stopped dreaming as soon as I started graduate school because I was on autopilot just to finish and accumulate my hours and get licensed. And at that point, I was then trained just to go get a job. That's when I stopped dreaming. I was dreaming in high school. I was dreaming in college. I was living life until I got to grad school. <laughs> okay. When did you wake up? Now, your wake up day may be today. You may say, damn, she gave it all to us. So I'm woke, <laughs> right? So when did you stop dreaming and when did you wake up? Are you woke right now? Or are you still living in awe? This is what I should have got from my parents or my caregivers growing up. This is what my grad school program should have gave me. Okay, you're not going to move to the next level if you continuously focus on what you're lacking versus what you want. Because if you focus on what you desire, what will happen is you will start to attract those things to you. The work, the world works in a state like a magnetic field. Okay, so if you want a car, you're going to start positioning yourself to get the car because then you'll take work seriously. You'll earn more money. You'll save more money. And then all of a sudden, poof, you look up and in less time, you will have the money to put the down deposit on a car or get a lease. Really think about how you've manifested things in your past. It was because you had a vision first. You probably wrote it down or said it a couple of times. And then all of a sudden your brain started to do things to put that in action. And the world started to show you that these things were possible. So uh, when did you stop dreaming and when did you wake up? And then how motivated are you to do something about it on a scale of one to 10? A 10 is you're very motivated. If you're watching live, put that in the chat box. On a scale of one to 10, how motivated are you to become the best version of yourself? And be honest with yourself because your motivation dictates how much work you're gonna put in. So if you're at a one, no wonder why you're not manifesting what you want. You're, you're on a low frequency, you're low vibing. You're not vibing with the level of the person that is going to attract what they want. So I have a few announcements and they are very, very good, okay? So one, I'm gonna go live again tomorrow on Saturday, March 20th at 8 a.m. right before I do Dope Therapist Academy at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're on East Coast, that is 11 a.m. And I'm going to go into part two and I'm going to specifically talk about walking around and consciously understanding how much help you really need to get to the next level. So we're gonna dive a little deeper to really take it to the next level 
and talk about, okay, what help do you actually need and how to assess yourself, not assess your business, because I'm going to do an assessment of at least therapist business in the boot camp on Monday. So that is Instagram live as well. Now I will say if you want the workbooks, <laughs> then you do need to go to drtk.com forward slash bootcamp. The link is in my bio, okay, if you want to sign up for the bootcamp, all right, to get the workbooks at least emailed to you afterward. And there will be replays on IGTV. Um, but this weekend, I'm really talking about mindset, okay? So this is the big announcement that I have beyond the bootcamp, okay? I do have CE workshops. If you're a therapist and you want to get some CEs, 15 of them in the next three months for branding your business, brand awareness, understanding what your business represents, then go to drtk.com forward slash events. So I'm going to type that in the chat box. So it's events because that is not in the link of my bio right now. Okay. So that's the CEs. Okay. So you have the bootcamp. The link is in my bio, drtk.com forward slash bootcamp. You also have the CEs. Um, there's a bundle of three of them for a very good rate. Um, and it's 15 CEs, all APA approved. And you go to drtk.com forward slash events. Now the biggest announcement, and if you're watching on Instagram, you will have to DM me for access today. Um, that I'll give to you by tomorrow. And then if you're on the podcast, the link will be available for you in the show notes by the time you listen to this. And so how many of you would love uh, easy access to things like, let me pull up my screen so I can make sure that I highlight all the topics. So what if I can give you a freebie library? You can download an app called Kajabi once you create your account with me and it's free. And you can get things like a business resource vault so thus far, and I'll continuously add to this, I'll be sharing with you a lot of the tools that I use to run my business efficiently. And yes, I do have my affiliate links in there. I have to be honest, but I will only share with you what has been successful with my business. Okay. So I have resources in there for you in regards to my email system, my Gmail system, my email automation system, transcription services. I'm going to be adding those things over time. So I have a business resource vault that'll be added over time. And then I also have what's called a branding resource center in which those things will be added over time. And what I did is I pulled out my awesome branding kit. I updated it for you so you can know the basic level of what you want to look for when you're branding yourself. Um, I also have a gold digging section where I talk about how to um, set smart goals as a business owner or a person. I have manifestation hacks. And so I have some abundance checks in there. And then um, I also have for manifestation and abundance, I have a section called video library that I'm currently building this weekend. So the video library, what I'm going to do is pull out themes based off of videos that I feel like people want to watch quickly and they don't have time to sort through my IGTV or my YouTube channel. And I'm going to put those so that you can get access to those fairly quickly. And then I'm also going to have a newsletter library where, you know, we send out a newsletter every Saturday, but some people don't know how to access it. So we're going to make sure that those PDFs are in there. And what that newsletter does is it highlights the wins of my adult therapist Academy students, my elite coaching mastermind students, and um, it shares with you what they're doing in their business. Okay, so if you want that freebie library, what I'm asking you to do right now when we are done is DM me, or if you're watching this recorded, if you're on the podcast, you will get it in the show notes right away because it'll be, um, this podcast episode will air um, next week, okay? Um, but if you're watching right now live on Instagram, I want you to simply DM me and say freebie library, 
That, that's all you need to say is freebie library. We're going to, or I am going to flag your message so I can go back to it quickly by tomorrow. And I'll simply send you the, the link. You put in your name, email address or whatever, and then boom, you have access. And then within the, it looks like an online course setting, you will get instructions of even how to get it on your phone. And then I can, it's cool. Cause I can send you like announcements and things like that. Like, Hey, did you check out this new download? You know, I can send you announcements straight to your phone and I don't need your phone number. Right. So that, that's pretty cool. So any other questions? I really hope that this was helpful for you today. I really enjoy going live. I really enjoy recording my podcast um, live. And so just as a recap, what we've talked about so far, I'm just clicking on my computer to pull back up my list. So what we've talked about thus far, if you want to re-listen to it when I post it as an IGTV, is we covered three parts of understanding how you became the person that you are based off of a nine to five mentality that some of us take into a business. And then we don't understand why our business is not as successful as we would like. So I talked about understanding where you come from. I shared my historical context, understanding your unconscious learning pattern. We got to the psychology of what you were exposed to dictated who you are today. And then I talked about the fact that you've stopped dreaming, which is why um, you are tapped out of your next level self. Okay. And then I gave you some fast action activities. These will all be broken down in the podcast. All right. Um, but I really enjoyed your time this morning. Make sure that you turn on post notifications on my page so you can be notified when I go live. I will be going live again tomorrow at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for part two. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I now have to get ready for some coaching calls and to meet with my team. And then I am celebrating my one of my best friends, her, I ain't gonna say her age. She's 41 years young, okay? Um, and I'm 40, hey. So uh, black don't crack. No, I just wanted to sneak that in there. So, um, so I'm excited. I'm gonna take her and her fiance. They're getting married in August, but she's my best friend. And we're gonna celebrate them tonight and take them out to eat and enjoy the nightlife now that we can go out to dinner again. And so if you're on the podcast, I will see you in the next episode. Make sure you check out that freebie library. Make sure you all subscribe to my podcast on iTunes. It's also on other platforms if you don't have an iPhone, but I would really appreciate it if when these episodes air that you can listen to it or download it and also subscribe, or it's called now follow. So follow me on my podcast. It's called Dr. TK, really simple, spell out Dr. TK. And you will find me, it's called Branding for Abundance Podcast and leave me a review. Let me know what your thoughts are about these episodes. And so Instagram, I will see you tomorrow. And podcast, I love you. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle. 